I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss this episode of the long run podcast is sponsored by sketches Everybody and welcome to the long run live stream and podcast brought to you by the 40 runs running community and our sponsors sketches our main focus today will be what we can learn from our first marathon and we'll be chatting to youtuber and all-round speedy runner mr ben felton hi mate how you doing nice to see you yeah good so thing. if you're watching live on facebook or youtube right now please put your questions in the comments and then um, we'll get to those in a moment chris ford is here Producer Toby's back, and uh, Sabrina's here to help out as well. Um, but there is one absentee, and um, Alan's not here. And um, he's asked me to read out a few words on his behalf. So uh, it goes. Um, this is Alan. Um, I've asked Wilco to read out a statement on my behalf, as I'm absent from the show and will be for a few weeks. The purpose is simple. I'd like to start a conversation with you all about mental health. As fellow runners of all abilities, we often talk about the benefits of running and exercise in general, the impact it can have on maintaining good mental health. However, I am no longer in a place where running is enough. Life has got way harder and running, preparing for races, coaching others to succeed and generally engaging in making 40 runs a vibrant and active community has had the opposite effect. It has become a source of anxiety and more. So when something you stop love Stop being part of the cure and become part of the problem. It's time to stop, take stock and reassess. When it starts to hurt your loved ones, your family, your friends and your colleagues, 
it's time to do things differently. This is why I'm taking a break from the podcast. It's not an easy decision. I'm not even sure it's the right decision, but it feels right right now. Trying to put a positive spin on my mental health issues is where I want to focus. Without spouting facts and figures and getting mired in details, it is recognised that many of you will have or will suffer from poor mental health in some shape or form. It may take the form of clinical depression. It may take the form of a loss of motivation. It may take the form of comfort eating and it may take more extreme forms. It, and ultimately, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we it will stop you from being the person you really are. And this is where and why I want to start a conversation with you. It's become a headline statement that it is okay to be okay. Uh, to, it is sorry, it is okay to not be okay. I believe the more often we say this out loud and the more often we share how we are feeling with others, the more progress we can make individually and as a community in making sure we having good mental health is as is as important and perhaps even more important than any other measure of good health. If you have good mental health today, I hope you can still recognise this is not a forever given and that engaging in the, this conversation may help you in the future. So I'm making a start today in owning my mental health challenges and invite you to share with yours with me. How? By reaching out to me and sharing your stories, your challenges and your recoveries. I'm no doctor, obviously, and I can profess yet to know, yet to even know my own cure. But if talking helps, then let's talk. Reach out to me via Facebook, direct message me or email me at alan at arborfitness.com. Let's make this a conversation everyone wants to be involved in. You will still see me out running. You will see me posting and I'll definitely not hide in. But it also means that just because I have posted a smiley face, it may I may still be suffering in different ways. Thank you, Alan. So that's Alan's statement there. I just wanted to add really that I know that I speak on behalf of everybody involved in the long run when I say that I hope to see Alan back here among us as soon as possible. I wish him well. So please feel free to contact him with your words of support. I know they will be gratefully received. Perfect. Well said, Wilco. Yeah, and I think it's important, um, just from my side, uh, just because we do talk about it a lot, that it is important to talk about these sort of things. And uh, we have got a um, mental health coach lined up to talk about a uh, certified coach to come on in a few weeks and talk about running and mental health and the positives that it has. So I think it's a, it's a conversation we will keep having. Yeah, please feel free to as well. Longmanshow at gmail.com if you want to send any sort of um, mental health um, regarding um, observations or yeah. stuff like that. If you've got any questions, because like Chris says, we're going to have an expert on you know, we'll do our best to talk about this sort of thing, but we're going to get a professional on who actually, you know, can offer some some more value than us. <laughs> yeah, can do a bit better job than me and Will. Yeah, so please feel free to get in contact with us. So, well, big news. Should we move on to big news? Apart from the fact we've got Ben on. Yeah, we'll let Ben wait. You know, he'll yeah, catch, so catch us up anyway. He's not yeah, used no to waiting, apart from when he has to wait longer at the start line than he does for actually a long race. Uh, no, the big news, people, world exclusive. Um, so this is for all our fans in Mongolia, Malta. You need to book your flight tickets because we are doing a live Q&A at the National Running Show, Birmingham, 
in January, admin help me out here, 20, 21st, 22nd. Thank you. We are going to be live doing a Q&A. So we need from you all your emails to come in. Keep them coming, but you need to put in the subject National Running Show or NRS or whatever. We want you to stick them in, send them to us, and we are going to be talking about them, those questions on the day. So we want all of you to get free tickets. Uh, type in the code 40 runs, get tickets. Ben's going to be there. I've already said that he's got to come, even though he had yeah. no plans to come. He'll yeah. be there. He'll be Start there. the show. Don't worry about <laughs> Dina. Ben will be there. It's a, um, yeah, it's a big birthday week for me as well. So you can all go oh, me a drink. How big, Wilco? Massive. Massive. Are you going to Massive. go, when you go out drinking for this birthday, are you going to do more than 60% in terms of effort for your drinking? Well, I don't like to uh, sort of like, you know. <laughs> Have you heard this, Ben? Because I, I think you should probably, might be worth considering. I know you're going for this sub 15, um, what, 5K. It might be worth taking some of Wilco's training ethos on board. What he does, he works at no more than 60% effort. How Why this came up, Ben, uh-huh. was... People suggested we were in a group and people, someone suggested that we don't, none of us love running. We just hate it for different reasons. But then I suggested that I'd like it because I've spent my whole life doing everything at a 60% effort. So consequently, you know, I could have worked harder at school, could have gone to a better university, could have got better exam results. <laughs> if I'd have been, if I'd have played football a bit better, put in a bit more effort, I might have played for a better team. But now five years having found running as a, a veteran athlete, shall I say? I like that. I've now found my calling because most of my training is supposed to be done at my optimum effort level. So that's what I like. 60%. Threshold yeah. drinking as well. No, this is on the booze. This is the thing, Ben, right? He doesn't do the 60%. He only does this in his running. I think I said it about a million times now on this show at Edinburgh Marathon. Now, this may be, again, something for you to consider, you know, being an elite you are. Before your marathon, your next one, Go for two um, McDonald's breakfasts, have for lunch some fish and chips, then go out for spaghetti meatballs, ice cream, and top it all off with four pints. Four pints. And you will PB, apparently. (laughs) Is that all the night before? Yeah, try it. Yeah, get on. Wow. Let's go. I'll give it a go next time. There's carbs in Bex. Oh, my dear. I'll tell you what. Honestly, we'll cut. Right, anyway, so what... What are we talking about today? Why have we dragged Ben back on the show, apart from the fact we, we love him? Yeah. Yeah. Because so we could, really. But what I wanted to, well, we wanted to expand, didn't we? Because, yes. um, Ben, you did your first marathon not long ago in um, Copenhagen, didn't you? I did, yep. Do you want I to just give, before we talk about that primarily, can you just talk about, um, you know, you've primarily, you know, you've, we joked about how fast you run, but you do run at a hell of a lick and you've got some, eye water and PBs and stuff like that. So but you this was your first marathon and you sort of like you were concentrating on sort of like five Ks and ten Ks before that, were you? Yeah. So yeah, primarily um more of a I'd say more of a ten K half marathon runner. Um I've always wanted to do a marathon like like any runners, I suppose. You start with a five K, then a ten K, you do a half and then you're like, oh I wonder if if I could do a, a marathon one day. So yeah, I decided at the the age of twenty four, it was it was my turn to give the marathon distance a go, um, and yeah, chose Copenhagen as my first one. I think it was about two months ago now. Um, lovely course, really enjoyed it. Um, PB'd because obviously first first attempt. Um, the main focus was almost just to get around. Having never done one before, I, I had no idea if I could sort of 
handle the the 42 odd kilometers that you've got to run um and yeah really enjoyed it i'm looking forward to doing another one later in the year i was just saying before um we jumped live i was planning on doing valencia um in december time but that's yet to be confirmed um i was going to enter and then it was it was sold out so i might have to drop an email to some people to see if, if I you're can... listening from valencia yeah. marathon yeah. here listening then yeah drop me an email i'd love to yeah. be on that start line Ben, out of interest, what was your biggest sort of noticeable difference between training between the half and the full? Like the step up, was it just purely mileage or was, I don't know, it's, it's so hard because, yeah. stuck, you know what I mean? What was the biggest takeaway in terms of difference, would you say? I think for me it was, mileage was the main big difference between my training. Um, at the time when I was sort of doing the marathon, I had like, um 10k and half marathon races in in the build-up so I didn't necessarily want to change too much um of my training so like my interval training um my track sessions that sort of thing they didn't really change that much um it was just the overall mileage sort of I had a bit more of a focus on long runs and in the week I'd try and get a, maybe I don't know 20% more easy easy miles in um just to make sure I had that sort of aerobic base when it came to the longer distance stuff what was your furthest run you did out of interest? Because yeah. everybody asks, should, what think, should you be doing? I think the longest run I did was either 32 or 35 kilometres. So just over that 20 mile mark. Yeah, um, so it's about the same as, and but how long does that take you, right? And the reason I ask is because, you know, we always get taught coaching and stuff like, you know, there's no real benefit over three and a half hours, uh, mm. blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, but because you're so bleeding fast, <laughs> how long did that take you? Like 10 minutes? Yeah, I think uh, I did a couple of long runs sort of at an easier pace. And then I did a couple of long runs that were that were more closer to my marathon pace. I never really got anywhere near my marathon pace um, on my long runs in the build up, which I also think is fairly interesting. Um, it's only on the day that I really sort of went for it and thought, oh, this is a pace I think I can maintain for a marathon. But in in reality, I had no idea if that was if that was going to happen. Um, so I think. Around the two hour, two and a half hours was the were the longest sort of runs I'd do in the build up. Some of them at easy pace, some of them more at uh, I don't know, maybe twenty seconds off my my goal marathon pace, um, just to try and get used to that sort of speed, practice fueling, that sort of thing. So you never you never run at, at your goal pace, really? Is that what not really? I do. I did a couple of long runs where I ran sort of segments of it at marathon pace, but. Most of my long runs were, yeah, a lot under my the, the pace I maintained for the for the marathon. And again, that shows you that go that benefit of, you know, doing them easier and focusing, mm. like you said before. Were these in a were these in a sort of formal plan, Ben? Because you said you had lots of races in between. So was it? Did you sort of like just think, well, I'll just go along and sort of like make you know. Wing it a little bit, make it up to go along. Did you run? He can't just wing it, Wilco. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, no, perhaps that's the wrong phrase. But what I'm saying is, did you, was it a formal plan that you followed when you, you were yeah. preparing for your first one? So, no, I didn't, I didn't follow a formal plan or anything like that. Um, the way Stop I train you in the corner, I um, I train with uh, my local athletics club as well called Chelmsford and Chelmsford AC. And I like to train with those guys twice a week just because I can get some sort of speed work in that is not necessarily easy to do on your own. Um, and I train with a group that are more focused on the shorter distance. They're more 
800, 1500 meter runners. So I still wanted to maintain that sort of speed, that interval training. Um, but obviously with the marathon, it has less importance. Um, so I didn't actually follow a strict sort of regime when it came to the, the training. I had a sort of weekly mileage that I wanted to sort of hit. And then my sessions were sort of a lot more flexible. Um, when it came to my Sunday long run, I would basically, if my legs were fresh, I'd do them a bit harder. If I was feeling tired from a week's training, I would literally just go out and, and plod them and just get them done. Mm. Um, but I was always trying to hit around that 100 mile a, mile a week mark. Um, I think mm. I hit that for probably over the course of, say, 10 weeks in the lead, in the build up. I think I did about six, seven weeks at that sort of max max mileage for me which yeah 160 yeah. kilometers a week was must the target have, you must have yeah. literally bathed in pure sport like yeah. literally like we are di- just to give you a heads up ben you may have seen your code used about a million times by us because we i think we're all addicted to it this is not a plug for them right but <laughs> i'm addicted to the smell i've now got mrs Fordy addicted to the stuff as well it's good isn't it you yeah. must, you must to do, a, to do a hundred mile a week right i think i'd actually like just cake it on yeah. over my whole body it's just not, to try and recover how can you recover from a hundred mile week yeah it was a, a lot of it was sort of managing the intensity of of the training um so for example on a wednesday that was the sort of my recovery um sort of day in the week and i would just go out for um a sort of i called it a kenyan shuffle i don't know if that's the right term to call it but basically it was a very very easy um low intensity run it I was still getting in some miles. I could sort of be flexible with with that as a training run, but I was it was very low intensity. I think my um, heart rate for those runs was around like between 100 and 120. So not barely moving, yeah. Barely barely putting any effort in, but it was yeah. it was a good way of sort of maintaining that high mileage um, and being able to to manage my effort based on how I was how mm. I was feeling during the week. So, do you train to effort or do you train to heart rate? In- um, a bit of both. I mainly okay. trained to effort, perceived effort, mm-hmm. uh, but I, with my threshold training that I did in in the lead up, I sort of had a cap on the sort of heart rate. I would, okay. I wouldn't go above that basically, yeah. otherwise I'd, I'd risk overcooking it. So yeah, yeah, I'd I'd always keep an eye on heart rate, but it was more I'd, I'd train to to effort. Okay, right, Ben. Shall we have we some get, questions yeah, from the side? I really want to get into this, that video you did because it was brilliant about the seven things that you learned or whatever. Well, I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. title, but we need That's to get into that. But let's get admin because she's yeah. feverishly writing down the six billion questions that have come in. Thanks to everybody. Again, if you're listening to this on the podcast, we record this live on YouTube on a Friday night deliberately so we get you guys involved and you drive the conversation. Uh, so thanks to everybody who does comment um, live during these uh, recordings. So admin, over to you. Fire up, Ben. Go. So, question number one. Uh, now you've run a marathon, what's your favourite distance and why? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think my favourite distance would be would be the marathon. I think nothing really comes close to the sort of sense of achievement I had when I sort of crossed the line. Um, but if I had to pick a distance that I'd say I was most competitive at, it would probably be more the 10k distance. Okay. Uh, another question. Is it true you've done an ultra? Yes, I have have done an ultra before the marathon. So this question is from, uh, from another Ben. It says, question for Ben from a slower Ben. But he wants to know, why did you go straight to ultra before a marathon? Uh, yeah, really to be honest, I've got no idea. 
Um, I'm still <laughs> it was a good idea. How still far relatively it? Um, new. It was only it was only a fifty k. Like only a fifty k. It's only only a little one. Um, but yeah, I was at the time I was still fairly new to running. I've only only sort of got into it a bit later in life. I'm 24 now, and I started running when I was 21. Um, and I think like two years into it, I saw this this ultra marathon and thought, why not give it a go? Um, very very naively sort of signed up for it and it, if you've watched that video it, it doesn't go very well for me so that's all i can say <laughs> check Would it you out one? uh yeah definitely okay cool yeah probably not this year but down the line for sure okay cool um next question is from rob lambert rod lambert and he says as part of your marathon training or marathon preparations did you take any whey protein or any other form of supplements to support your muscle growth and repair um, no, I'm not really a huge fan of, of taking any sort of supplements, if I'm totally honest. Um, mm. I prefer just to sort of eat a balanced diet. After my sort of morning morning run, I would stick to something like a scrambled eggs on toast, that sort of thing, to make sure I was getting the, the protein in, um, to sort of help help with um, the repairing of the muscles. And, yeah, over after, like, longer efforts, I'd eat more carbohydrate just to make sure I was – putting back on the calories basically but no I didn't really take any any supplements in my in my training other than um turmeric that's about it in terms of in terms of supplements yeah that stuff's pretty amazing isn't it it's good yeah good yeah. anti-inflammatory what, what are yeah I was gonna say what are the benefits so for those who are like listening or thinking what are what are because you've told me this before Abby and I've just ignored you as usual what are the benefits <laughs> of this yeah so I just take them daily and i just help it finds me wake up a little bit fresher um less achy um i suffered from from shin splints in the very start of my sort of running journey and i think taking turmeric is definitely it's not sort of been the the only factor that's that's got rid of that that injury for me but i definitely would say it's it's helped with so um, ben do you take that as a um like a vitamin supplement or do you take it in tea or um yeah i have the Pure sport capsules, so it's got a um, turmeric, CBD, black ginger, something like that, um, and I take those daily just to, yeah, help with the help just with like the a cod liver oil tablet or something like that. Yeah, just to... yeah, just have it with my morning coffee and don't really think much more about it. Now, one thing I was going to touch upon with um, your t- now, you did you broke two and a half hours, didn't you? I did, yeah. That was the now. Did you going, yeah. did you set out to do that? Because everybody does their first marathon. Everybody, hit, you know, the four of us have, have done marathons, and the big thing is sort of like when you tell people, oh, yeah, I'm doing a marathon night, people always ask, how long is it going to take? How, what sort of time are you aiming for? Yeah, yeah. And lots of people say, and Chris, Chris's mantra is, if you're doing your first marathon, don't worry about that. Just oh, go and enjoy it. it. Get yeah. over the line. That was probably did you the think thing like I that, or did you think two and a half hours is realistic and I should be doing that? Yeah, I sort of, in my training, everyone was always asking that question, like, what are you aiming for? And... Um, yeah, it is a tough one to answer when you've never never done one before. At the very start of the training block, I thought two forty five was going to be was going to be sort of realistic for me. As I started training more, building my volume, um, and did some long runs where I ran at sort of two forty five pace and thought, oh, this doesn't feel too bad. Um, and then as training progressed, I had this sort of thing in the back of my mind, or oh, maybe maybe two thirty would be a better better target to go for. Um, and I spoke to to my coach and other people that had had done marathons before, and they said, "Oh, based on your half marathon time, you yeah, you should be able to run 
almost some some people said I could run closer to 220 and I was like oh I've I'm, I'm no idea what I can run so yeah sort of went went out at, at two I think 225 pace I ran the majority of the marathon and then I think after about the 20 mile mark I slowed down a little bit and ended up at, at 228 um, but yeah going into it I wanted the goal was 230 but it wasn't necessarily like a, a major goal of mine it was much more about the experience about finishing mm-hmm. your first marathon um, and yeah my advice for people who, are, who are, haven't done a marathon before was would not be to put too much pressure on the time goal because it's a big big learning curve and I've learned a hell of a lot um, from the first one. I've got two really important questions before we get into things that you learn. Firstly, the serious one. Do you actually think when you, like now you look back on it, do you think you probably could have gone faster? Right. Second Uh, question. Do you follow up? Because I want you to, I want to know the truth. What did you absolutely destroy to eat after you finished? So do one, then two. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think I could have gone any faster than, than what I did on the day. Um, I definitely feel like I can go go faster next time, having having learned what I've learned. Mm. Um, I changed a few things in my training. Um, I'd like to see myself as more of a two twenty marathoner eventually. Um, so yeah, take eight minutes off that um, PB, but probably over the course of maybe two or three year period. Mm. Um, in terms of what I ate after the come on, but you must have absolutely destroyed something. I honestly can't remember. But that's the only thing I remember is what I had. I always remember what I had to eat. I could tell you yeah. what I have to eat after every single marathon I've done. It's the only reason you run. Did you, did you, the only reason I, run. I remember the first thing I ate. I remember we we ate a lot of food on because we we went to Copenhagen and had a bit of a holiday. Out oh, okay. there. So the first thing I think I ate was one of the the hot dogs that you have in in Denmark from the sort of the street vendors. That was really nice. Right down. Just engulf that. I think yeah, probably yeah. I think I had two, maybe three. <laughs> lad. Um, yeah, and then had a few beers the night after. Welcome. Just a, a nice pasta meal, I think it was, at somewhere out, Italian restaurant. So you, so you didn't go dirty burger or nothing like that? I don't think so. Didn't go, two hot dogs is crazy. impressive. Two hot dogs is impressive. I, yeah. I yeah. That Sticking was probably about, about half an hour after the finish as well. Yeah, do, do you feel like eating like after a big race? Cause yeah, that's, I, that's true. Yeah, I didn't really have like a huge appetite. No. Um, not after the marathon, anyway. Sort of, it shakes you up a bit, doesn't it? And it does. I think any high effort, it, it doesn't matter what level you're at. I think whenever you, I mean, us, <laughs> me mortals, but we're the same, aren't we, guys? We we don't. I, I pers- except for Wilco, because he's only done sixty <laughs> percent. The rest of us, we, I, I, I take it or leave it. To, and, but then about two or three hours later, I'm ready to eat the kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. if it's not if it's not if it's not moving i'm eating it do you know what i mean i'm gonna get slaughtered for this you're gonna slaughter me for this but i do both <laughs> yeah. times i've done a marathon i get to about 22 miles and i'm thinking i'm gonna five guys after i've got four miles 40 you know 40 45 minutes i'll look forward to that and I, it, it just, I, I mean, I know it's, you know, it's a bit of a laugh and okay, all that, but, you know, whatever gets you through, you yeah, know, sometimes, yeah, you know, just need a positive thing. And sometimes I do think, or, or, or you'll go along and you'll, <laughs> you'll see an ice cream van or something. <laughs> 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 when I get back to the event village, I'm having one of them. 
What I'm going to do. I just imagine Wilco his phone out looking for the nearest five guys. No, it's it's obvious, isn't it? To get Wilco PB, we need to get one of those geezers. You know, when you win McDonald's and they come out, we've got him just eat, take, or deliver rucks tax on. If we get yeah. a pacer in front of Wilco, one of them, <laughs> on, we go like 228. Yeah, I'll be That's doing 228. Um, we, we touched upon this video that you did about the different thing. Now, one thing that, um, I mean, a lot of a lot of the things that you mentioned are very um, common advice about no nothing you may stay various other things you know a lot of the sort of like the mantras and things that people will always apply. One thing I thought was really interesting was that um, you said it was great that you sort of like identified a pack to run with, yeah, and other people who were about your pace. Now you were, um, you know, you were fortunate that um, the elite women who were in the race were going at the same sort of clip as you were. So you yeah. benefit. How did you benefit from that? Um, just going around the course, um, we'd come to the water stations and stuff. And because there was a pack of us, it wasn't always easy for everyone to grab a water. Um, so somebody would go ahead, grab, grab a bottle of water, and then we'd all sort of pass it around, basically, and, and share it amongst us. And that, COVID. that really did help across the course of the, the race because there was no sort of anxiety about getting water or spilling it because you, could, you knew you could always rely on, on the, the rest of the group to sort of help you out. Um, and I just personally find it so much easier to sort of tick off the, the miles when you're running with a group that are all running at the same sort of pace. You can yeah, sort of yeah. go for, I don't know, I went for maybe about an hour and hardly even looked at my watch. I was just going with the pack, you know what I mean? So mm, find it did you, um, much easier. Was there any sort of conversation or anything like that? You know, were you interacting at all? At that yeah. pace? <laughs> He's not trying hard enough if he's talking. I actually was getting told off. By the so the elite women had two paces, and I don't. When I run in a pack, I don't necessarily like running in the middle of it because I find I like to have my sort of allow my stride to do its thing. People yeah. sort of bump and and trip you a little bit. So if I'm running in a pack, I pref- I prefer to be on the front of it. Um, and yeah, the the paces sort of were like saying you're getting in the way basically if you're gonna. And at times when you're feeling good or there's a downhill, you do pick it up a little bit. Um, and they were sort of this this guy was sort of saying, if you want to if you want to do that, then you can go. So oh. telling me off. Um, so it's got, quite interesting, isn't it? Usually because if you run with a pacer at an event, they're the ones who are driving you on, telling people, "Come on, get going!" All this sort of. Yeah. Telling, this bloke was telling you to get out of the bloody way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, from his point of view, he was probably getting paid to pace these women at a certain pace. And you got some numpty sort of running in front of him, <laughs> uh, making his job so really quite difficult. So I don't blame him. Um, I tell you what, what. He told us is you pace the elite women is what happened. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pace the elite women until, well, they, until they drop me at about thirty-five k. Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers Archfit Footwear. Okay. I know what you're thinking. Arch fit footwear. Ah, I don't need arch support. Well, I thought the same. And these are still my favorite trainers. You see, Skechers Arch Fit are great for virtually everybody. Arch fit was designed by experts giving you podiatrist certified arch support and all day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for arch support. I love how they look too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers Arch Fit. Find Skechers Arch Fit footwear for men and women everywhere. What's it like, right, when you're in a pack, and because I'm sure you've done this, Bobbleton, and you're in a pack and you're like cruising along, and then you just like look over your shoulder and just drop them. What, what, did, 
do they try and come with you or at, at, what's that like? I mean, yeah. Um, you know when you turn it on and then you go? Yeah. Um, it doesn't, in the marathon, that didn't, it didn't happen that way. No. Um, the, the lady who ended up winning the, the race, she dropped like this ridiculously fast kilometer mm. about 30 K in. I think she ran like a three Oh seven and we were ticking along at about three, three thirty pace. So it was a it was a big increase in the pace, and I didn't really notice at the time. Um, but then, like a few kilometers down the road, I was like, "Oh God, that that's pushed me into the red now. It's messed me up a little bit." Um, so she obviously got the tactics right on the day. She was just settled into the pack, and then when she decided to go, she basically left us all for all yeah, for dead. It's so tactical, isn't it? You saw that at the the games just on on the TV the other day. It's like yeah. it's so tactical. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. When do you pick it? You know, do do you do you do you not worry more about your pace, but you're worrying about what the pack's doing to make that decision, or are you just focused yeah. on your own pace? Or yeah, I think I personally would like to try and stay with the group and stay as relaxed as I can for as long as I can, um, and then if I get to sort of the back end of the race and I've got something left, then it's time to start picking it up. Um, but most of the time, when when you're in a group, it it doesn't really come down to that. It's just sort of um the weaker ones sort of drop off the back and the, the pack just whittles down naturally so sometimes it's not necessarily the increase in in pace it's just sort of maintaining it over the, the duration i like that toby called you he called you weaker Toby. um right we've got let's get let's get some more value to our uh avid viewers um i mean fire in some of those amazing questions and then we'll carry on grilling him yes there's a question around how you found the last 5k so how did you find the last 5k of the marathon and what was your recovery process other than eating three hot dogs? Yeah. Um, last 5k was, was pretty tough. Um, on the day there was like a, a tracking app and all my sort of club mates were, were tracking me. And I had a look back at the group chat on after the, after the race and yeah, I slowed down quite considerably. Um, I think, yeah, it was, it was more of a just get to the line as soon as I possibly could. Yeah. Um, and it, it was very painful. I was cramping in the sort of abs area. Um, everything was telling me to, to stop. Mm. Um, probably from the last, the last sort of 10K were, were pretty difficult. Um, and yeah, in terms of recovery after the marathon. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just... I don't think I ran for the first four, sort of three or four days and then just gradually built back into into training. Um, a week after the marathon, I ran a half marathon. That's a great recovery tip. Well done. Um, the Hackney half. I oh, yeah, 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 I remember. 
Yeah, um, I got a bit of a bit of a lot of hate comments for that. Oh. Not necessarily the most sensible thing to be doing, which I obviously know. Um, and I was just doing it for a bit more, bit of fun, really. Yeah, you got to do, we got to do, brother. I mean, let exactly, the hate, hate you know. Right. Making YouTube videos, we have got to go That's to. What I'm saying, we, you got to get out of your comfort zone if you're doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Right um, through, but just reduce the training and and make sure you get good sleep, good food, um, and try not to put too much pressure on on returning to running. Because yeah, for me, it took me like at least two months to get back to the sort of um, fitness and training intensity that I was previously doing towards the marathon. It takes a lot out Did of that come as a surprise to you after doing the marathon? Because obviously you've done big races before and stuff. Yeah. The yeah, extent sure. of the, you, the, rec- the recovery period that you actually needed. Yeah. Having gone 26.2. Yeah. Interestingly, I felt more recovered than, than I was. So I would go into sessions where um, I knew the sort of paces I would hit before the, before the marathon. And I was about five to 10 seconds per kilometer off those paces despite putting in the same effort. Um, so I think, although I didn't feel like this like over, overload of fatigue, it definitely was showing in, in the training and the intensity that I was able to, to put out, basically. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Oh, no. You no, this is a serious one. It's a good one. I obviously, I follow you on, on Instagram and stuff. Do you ever have a bad run? Because you're always on a high, and genuinely, you run a kilometre, I think, quicker than Toby, Chris, and I did a skydive about a year ago. And I don't think we fell from the sky as quick as a kilometre. One one. What an analogy! I love that. Quicker than a person falling to the races all the time, all the time. And how do you how do you mentally get over them? Because I think that's quite hard, isn't it? When you when you're in a training plan, you have good runs, you have bad runs, and but yeah, how do you how do you keep yourself going in those really tough? Yeah, um, I try not to to dwell on the sort of bad performance. Obviously, give yourself a couple of days, a week to sort of get over it. Like sometimes not not easy to take if you've put in like months and months of training for one one event and then it doesn't go your way. But um, I like to pick a get another race sort of in the calendar, something to look forward to, mm-hmm. and almost use a disappointment to sort of re-channel and refocus on on the next one and make sure that I train even harder for for the next sort of yeah. three or four week period and then give it another go um yeah yeah I, I have probably every one in four races will will go pretty pretty rubbish for me and then one maybe one in ten races will go amazing so you just never know on the day sometimes how it's going to go yeah how, how do you how do you avoid overtraining Ben um I like to sort of I'm a big advocate for sort of listening to my body on a on a daily basis. So if I'm if I'm feeling like I'm sort of maybe overcooking it or I pushed a little bit too hard on a session, I'll make sure that the next few days are, are easy. Um, I'll basically adjust my training um, based on how I'm feeling, and I'm not afraid to sort of push back a session a couple of days or make a I don't know a tempo run an easy run or a ten mile run a five mile run. Just I think you've got to really listen to to how your body's reacting to the training because if you yeah if you do put yourself in into overtraining then it's not going to it's not going to benefit you so yeah yeah i think i've learned that over sort of over time really yeah that, that is and that's relatable i think for for everybody obviously that's the you know the reason we do the show is for, for everyday yeah. runners so i think everything that you've said 
as always, is is value for everybody. Um, and yeah, we can all we can all learn from that. In particular, I mean, just as you say about coming back, so I think it's well publicised. And thanks to everybody who keeps still coming up to me and saying, "Love the Edinburgh video, love the you know the raw emotion and all that." It, it, there are times, it, nine times out of ten, it's you know it's going to be only that perfect time that it's all going to go well. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got to learn from, like I did, and, and we're trying to learn. And as you say, it gives, you, gives me motivation to train that little bit harder, that little bit better, improve and do different things. But like you, I had South End in two weeks after that event, so I couldn't just sit there and cry about it. I yeah. just, you know, get on with it and man up and just, you know, and in my own mind and just, yeah, get on with it, basically. And otherwise you can sort of dwell on it and it, and it can put you off doing what you love doing. And there's... Yeah. You shouldn't just let a bad race or bad run stop you from, you know, continue along your journey because it's it's we all have them. Even like, you even, know, my hero. Even like I follow a lot of professional runners on like Instagram. One of the one of my main sort of uh, inspirations in the running community is uh, Stephen Scullion, the Irish Irish marathoner. Uh, he's got a podcast um, called I can't remember what it's called now, like Road to the Olympics or something like that. And he basically documents all his training on there and and goes through his races, his training. And I think maybe like two weeks before I had a bad race, he, he himself had a bad race. He didn't finish his, his marathon. Um, and yeah, just sort of everyone has bad races and it's, it's okay. Like part of the cycle. Yeah. It's part of the cycle. It's part of, it's part of running. There's ups and downs. Yeah. yeah in, your, in your, in your video, Ben, you said, um, there were quite big sections on, um, sort of hydration and gels and, well, that's something. What did you What did you learn from um, on that side of things that you will take into your other races, like your, you know, your, your ten k's and your yeah halves and yeah. things like that. Um, so for me, I think I got the fueling pretty much bang on in terms of what I could consume. So I used the the Morton gels, um, and I think I had one about every thirty minutes, and that for me was was pretty good. Going forward, I I know that. I think I had a bit of cramping towards the end, which was probably because I wasn't getting on getting on enough sort of salts and electrolytes. Um, so I I definitely look at trying to um, get get a bit more of that into the body during the race. Um, I, the hydration in the in the lead up to the race was was really good, but during the race I only had water and gels, um, which I think was one of the reasons why those last yeah, sort of was. kilometers were were quite yeah, difficult. So yeah, moving forward, try and get some more electrolytes on. Um, I think a big, big part of the marathon is is fueling, getting that right, and yeah, learning that uh, the sort of fueling strategies that some people use may not work for you, and some people can't have gels, some people have to have solid food. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, it's just a learning; it's a big learning process, really. Yeah. Um, and until you really, until you do it on race day at race pace, you don't really know how it's going to go so that's a really good point because that's the other thing that i don't think people take into account it it doesn't matter how much you train with it until you put it into race day because you're working your body's working at a total different rate your mind's all over the place and your your pulse is racing before you even start you know it's not like you've walked out your front door get into your long run off you go on your 20 mile it's a totally different scenario and your body is working in a totally different way so you, you you're going to need fueling at different points relative so yeah yeah until you do it a couple of times unfortunately um you're really not going to learn how to optimize it i think that's the key especially someone at your level to to optimize that fueling um yeah. to make you as you say perform better towards the end of it 
um, especially. And yeah, it's uh, it, but again, it's relatable to everybody, you know. I think it's interesting, isn't it, that um, Ben, Chris, that Ben's got, um, you know, he's done his first marathon, he's had two and a half hours, but still faces the same dilemmas as everybody else who lines up on a start line when it comes to, we've talked about um, not knowing what sort of, is he going to get obsessed with time? Is he going to get the trip? Was the first, you know, consideration he had. And also his consideration about his fueling. And it doesn't matter whether you're doing a two, two and a half hour marathon two or hours, a seven and a half hours. hour marathon. We've all got these considerations to make, haven't we? We all get the same. We all got to deal with the same ups and downs. We've all got to deal with the, the same processes. We've all got to train. It's just at different speeds, different levels, whatever, right? But at the end of the day, like I always say we all cross the same. I got the same medal as as if you know the same elites who cross the line in London. It's you know, but it's just it's time, isn't it? That's all it is. But we all go through the same things, and we all. Yeah. That's why it's great to have a variety of sort of information to learn from what you know people mm-hmm. like. Ben does, but also I like to listen, like sounds funny, but the people who Jeff and things like that, you can learn a lot from those guys, mental toughness, you know, to be able to go out there and do those Jeffing runs that to have the consistency in their pace to be out to Jeff. And then you talk to the people who do the seven hour marathons, you know, who I, I don't know how they do it, who, who absolutely bust a gut going out for seven miles to have that mental capacity to be able to do that. You can learn a lot from that as a runner. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you are, you can pull bits of information from everybody. And again, we go back to what we spoke about last week was becoming a better runner, right? And that's the key. So that's why it's so awesome, you know, to have different ends of the spectrum and yeah. stuff like that. Right. So, Admin, more questions, I'm guessing. Yeah, actually, I've got a couple of questions for you. That's all right. Oh, for me? Yeah, you. I know. When Ben's here, people... I, I was having a night off tonight. <laughs> so, Elaine on Facebook, to your point around Jeffy. Um, she's just been given a, the go-ahead to do the Great North Run after breaking her hip just before last year's. So she hasn't run since last August. Um, she said, does she walk? She can walk 10 miles at the moment. Uh, so what would you suggest with regards to jeffing uh, over the coming weeks or does she just wing it? Uh, no, uh, I would, firstly, I'd just make sure that, you know, you speak to the doctor or the physio who's treating you um, and get advice from them because, Again, it may surprise you. I'm not a qualified doctor. I'm qualified in many things, but doctor's not it. Um, but yeah, I would ask them. But uh, in terms of jeffing, I would find a ratio that works for you to so try it in your training. There's multiple different ones to try, whether it's four minutes of running, one minute of walking. It depends how your injuries. I don't know how that is, but it's definitely a strategy you can try. And with the Great North Run being pretty much uphill, to South Shields and goes downhill, it's good to, if you can find some rhythm and find some pace, you know, or strategy within that element of, of the walk running, then be consistent in your training between now and then. That will really, really help you. But if you're, you know, if you're up to 10 miles walking, you know, if you try and do 10 miles walk running and see see how you feel. But please, whatever you do, get medical advice on, on what's, you know, the best thing and the best way to tackle it. Because you don't Well, I'd also time. say along those lines is well, seeing that um, she's doing the Great North Run. Great North Run is obviously such a massive community event. But if you do have to walk a year, if you find yourself having to walk for long periods, nobody's going to vilify you or anything like that. There are people oh, no. who take I've ages walk, to do that. I've seen people walk in from the start. Don't worry about that. Yeah. No, so don't it, think, oh, God, I'm going to be so slow. People aren't going to be. Because the Great sense. North Run's just a party. So yeah. you're not going to. It's not going to be an issue at all. No, no, no. Right, next one, Admin. Um, what's the way, is there a way of working out what your goal marathon pace should be? 
So Ben, obviously you said that you thought 245 initially and then went to 230. What what changed that? Did you do the typical times your half by two and add a bit and or Yeah, I think that was what I sort of went for. Went off my I did a half marathon in the sort of build up, I think maybe six weeks before the marathon, and then that went better than I thought it was gonna be. So I sort of adjusted my goal marathon pace. So I think I doubled it and then added ten minutes, something like that. Yeah, yeah that, that's a, I would call it a rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, I would also look the other way and go, right, what's ABC? We've talked about it for gold, silver, bronze in terms of timing, where you where you are in relation to your training. So uh, for, if this is your first marathon, you should just be trying to complete it and have some fun. But let's say you've done one uh, and then now you're looking to put a time down. Look at what your you know cumulative times are, 5K, 10K, half. How did you feel after that half that you pushed it out? And then you can assess it that way as well. It there is the rule of thumb, but at the same time, I I try to give it a little bit more, a bit more wiggle room, and and then have those sort of two goals in mind. And then you can sort of see in the training how does that feel. So step on it. Let's okay. So let's say it's nine oh nine for argument's sake, sub four hour marathon. Do your goal pace running at sort of nine minute miles. See how that feels. If that's a little bit strong and, and you're really fatiguing at the end of it, then come back out to like nine oh seven, nine oh eight, maybe nine oh nine, and see how you feel. So get, give yourself a little bit of wiggle room on that. But yeah, you've got that general rule of thumb that you can always, always. I love Garmin pumps out these most random numbers. I'm nearly as fast as Ben, according to my Garmin. It's amazing how quick it reckons I can run. I've got absolutely no chance. We all know that's wrong though, don't we? Yeah, well, we all know your Garmin is wrong, Toby, as we've proved multiple times. There is a calculator out that's got VDOT calc on the App Store as well. Where What's you can that chuck in your You can chuck in your time from a known distance mm. and it'll give you your suggested paces. But as you say, they're only suggested. Yeah, and you're never going to do If it, you can't do maths like me. Yeah, that is true. Right, Admin, what else have we got? Uh, got a trainer question. Oh, Ben. Um, yeah, it says Ben, the new Mac 5. Oh, he's done a video, big promo for Ben. If you're not already, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping everybody by now is following Ben's channel <laughs> and yeah. subscribed and on following or stalking him like admin does on on Instagram. <laughs> um, so make sure you're, you're all over that. But he's put a video out on the Mac 5 today, which I've not tried personally because I can't be bothered. But what do you think, Ben? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so with that question, um, the Mac 5 is definitely an improvement to the 4. Um, and I personally would would be picking up the Mac 5 because of its improvements that I go over in the video. Um, but, yeah, 75 quid for the Mac 4 is is also a bargain. Yeah, so it's a better bargain. I think you're not going to go wrong with either shoe, personally. Um, but I I really like the 5. I think it's one of the best running shoes I've, I've tried. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about that one. I probably would, would splash the cash on that one just so I could get the latest one if I was, if I was David. Go. There we go. Um, and then there's one on socks for you. Oh, love, yeah, love right. A sock question. Love a sock question. <laughs> what do you think of the new De Novo Artem socks? Oh, yeah, they're, they're amazing. What's um, what? Have you got yeah. something? Show us. Come on. I have, but they're, they're in the wash. I wore them on my run. <laughs> <laughs> they need to send you more. I've got them on. Um, no, shout out to De Novo Artem. Um, go and buy yeah. your socks. You can sponsor the pod if you want. Just email. Sure. What's the email, Wilka? 
Longmanshow at gmail.com. Yeah, we're only taking big money offers now. We're doing a live Q&A at the National Running Show. We're only taking big money offers. Six figures, people. Six <laughs> figures only. But we're happy to promote socks if you send us all a pair. Socks are funny. Yeah. We, get, we do so get a lot. Same. I don't know about you, Ben, but I get. I do always get sock questions on the on Insta yeah, and on on the YouTube comments. It's random. Well, it's, a, it's a vital subject. Yeah, but it's it's. I, I mean, we, you, we do. I mean, joking aside, you know, we do a lot of talk about trainers and things yeah. like that. But socks are just a big importance, surely. You know, that it's all looking after your feet, isn't it? Well, here's my question. You've just led me onto a question. Firstly. Most important question of the day, Ben, have you run in sketches yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> Don't laugh, Ben. I haven't. Ben, it's not a laughing subject. Admin said that she would never, ever, 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 ever run in sketches. Yeah. She's now ordering her I'm second I'm not 60, pair. she said. She's ordering her second pair. <laughs> I kid you not. Sketches performance, and it's not because they're sponsoring the pod. You check out, you know, what they call the journalist boys who do it all. Um... Uh, what they, run testers, they love them as yeah. well, right? Seriously, check them out. Admin, tell him. Honestly, the best investment I've made in terms of trainers this year. There we go. You heard oh. it, first, right, Ben? Get on it. I've got no idea when it comes to the to the lineup. So, like, what do I need for my easy miles? My Max Row Five. Max Row Five. All you need Max in the life is a pair. Of, they do everything. You can you can wear them anywhere you go. You can wear them to Five Guys, whatever you want to do. Now, the um. <laughs> Even mid-race. <laughs> yeah, now the other question, which is a really valuable question for all our listeners as well, is do you run without socks? I asked you, because I've got the, uh, they're blurred out for some rent, but I've got the Trinusa 14 over there, and apparently they're very comfortable to wear sockless. Do you run without socks at all? No, not a bit of me. Even in your spikes? Even in track. Or on the track? I still prefer. No, just fine, you get blisters and... There you go. See, it was a valid question, people. Sweaty feet. Yeah, no, not for no, me. He's not. Okay. Who runs without socks? Me. I'm going to be doing holiday in my trinooses because apparently you can in there. They're so comfortable. I'm pointing, so I'm going to get them. Hang on, hold on. Oh, not them. Yeah, look. Ben, oh, no. be fair. Oh, no, I Are saw a picture of these. He's a case. Ben, you can have bad boys. in your life. That's what it's all about. You're doing it. Are you going to ever do a triathlon, Ben? Uh, I can't really swim very well, to be honest with you. Look and Toby, we could put you in. Yeah. That'd be a great video. You and Toby drown together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we drown and then progressively get better throughout the, the yeah. race. Actually, talking of videos, Ben, I've got a challenge for you. I know you're very, very busy. I appreciate that. But this is not going to be a big drama for you because it's it's in your manner, right? right? We've got a load of people in our Hartford running group who want to smash the living daylights out of their, fire, of their park run PB, right? Yeah. Now you've never have you ever done Westcliff Park Run? No, I haven't. Right. This has got you all over it. The records, I, I think, I might be wrong, 15, 16 minutes, something like that, right? It is, you know the seafront, it is literally yeah. out, turn around at one of the sheds and back. It is dead right. aim flat, right? Yeah. Now we got Wilkesie down there. I don't know where I don't think he's got the record, but Michael Wilkes is he's, he's rapid. Yeah. We're all gonna go down there and try and beat our park run PVs. I want you to come down and try and beat the part run record. Sounds good to me. I Definitely think it'd be a, look, it'd be a good laugh. All right. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, have to Honestly, you would love it because it is literally bang, bang. Tomorrow tomorrow morning, nine o'clock? I'm, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you're already on it, look. You're, another yeah. record I could take down. 
1504. the record. That's ben. a stretch. Yeah, but I tell you, it is it is proper rap. Are you sure that's right? What, what did you do at your yeah. local? You did um, your local pub, um, Alden, wasn't it? Didn't you? Yeah. Fifteen thirty in that, that is quick. My, my parkrun PB. That is quick. But you recovered so quick after that, you could have gone harder. Be fair. <laughs> Maybe. You did. I would, you did. I would give 15.04 a go on a good day, though. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it. a, it's a bit like he does on a Tuesday night. He leans over and says, what's the matter with you? You're not throwing up. You're not dying. <laughs> it's true. Ben, we've got a sick pole We actually have a sick pole for people. I've put in place. <laughs> it's true. We love it. You we have to try hard. be sick. Huh? We have had one person be. Yeah, we have had one person be. But to be fair, it's when she was running past the chippy, not when she got back. <laughs> you, you'd like Hayden, Ben. Hayden was on last week. He takes his runners. We've got a group in, in down in Surrey at Bushy. Have you done Bushy, by the way? No, I haven't. Oh, you got, if you go down there, I'll hook you up with Hayden and yep. Mel. Mel runs it, right? Don't nick any of the tokens because she will kill you. <laughs> but she runs it down there. Um, but they uh, Hayden takes all his runners. They don't... They just go to the fish and chip shop. They just run to the pub or run to the fish and chip shop at a club night. Brilliant. I mean, that's, I can't see Chelsea Athletics Club probably doing that. Uh, no, probably not. No. But if you fancy it, Hayden's there. Well, he's not there at the moment. He's in Florida. So, sorry about that. But anyway, uh, we've I'm totally just... gone off topic. As you know. Actually, we've had a good question come through. Oh, Ooh, I can answer this one. Uh, do you have any strict routines before you run? E.g. the right sock first, three jumps... I don't know what you eat, time of getting up. What was your what was your routine? Oh, no. Have to have a coffee. If I haven't had a coffee, then it's it's going to be a rubbish run. Thanks so that's coffee, pretty, pretty important. But other than that, just make sure I've got my shoes on, my watch on. No sort of routine. Yeah, that's. Or is he talking? Is is the question? Oh, sorry, Charlene. Uh, Charlie, is it uh, rituals or is it strict routines? Because some people, I know what she's saying, some people like put their pants on back to front, turn around and put them on again. Type don't wear any. But it's like... <laughs> some oh, people come on, like, what time of the day is this? They do. No, it's true though. Like, I know what you mean. It's like, I, my ritual is to go for a wear about 50 times. Um, oh, during the run. During the, <laughs> during the run. Oh, yeah, rituals. So, Wilco, you got any rituals apart from having, like, more food than any possible man ever needs before a race? <laughs> not that bad. No, you're not. No, I'm not. I like to get there nice and early, really. That's the only thing. I like to be there at least an hour before. Yeah, hour before is a good chat. Toby, you got any rituals that you do? Uh, mine's only going back in and out of the house about five times to get everything I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah, there is that. You do take a long time. I mean, what about you before you start? You got any ri- pre-race rituals? No. Funny. I look back at my best race and think, what did I do then? I should do every single time now, but... You just forget, don't you? Yeah. I'm guessing. I'm guessing we probably do, but we don't realise that we do. Yeah, that's that, probably that, it. Re- that repetitive thing. You probably do yeah. do something, but you don't realise that you're doing it. Does that yeah. make sense? That's like that's the that's the basis of good habits, isn't it? You don't even yeah, know like, you're doing it. Yeah. Like retying yeah. your laces, or you know, doing. Yeah, it's a funny one, but you we yeah we probably do do them, but we don't realise we're not. I'm. I'm. I tell you what, I'm not consciously doing anything. But I probably subconsciously am. That's probably a better way to answer it. Can I just, um, before Ben goes, can I just throw an email into a mix? Because I think he might be able to offer some sort of perspective on this. Aren't you, Chris? Right. Um, this is from Chris Bailey. Hi, folks. Love the pod. He's been my running partner for solo weekend long runs. We love you, Chris. Thanks very much. 
Um, my question is about dealing with unexpected enforced breaks in a training plan. I'm five weeks into my 16-week training plan for my first marathon, London. But my, phys my physical base is okay, and up until this week, I have made every training run and cross-training. However, the dreaded COVID is here, and I'm looking at not being able to train for a week. Should I try to recover any of this training, or shall I just return to the plan when healthy and take it from there? You want me or Ben first? Who wants to jump in? Ben, what do you think? Go on, you're the guest. Um, yeah, just take it easy. Um, try and return back to training when, when you're ready for it. Don't rush things. Um, when I have setbacks, um, I haven't had COVID myself personally, touch wood. Um, but if I have a setback in my training, um, the key is to yeah build it back slowly. If you rush back into it, you can end up doing yourself more harm than, than good sometimes. So, yeah, definitely I wouldn't rush into it if I were you. Just allow yourself to, to recover fully, especially from something like COVID. It's going to affect you, your respiratory system. Um, yeah, that would be my advice. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think bang on uh, with COVID in terms of respiratory is, is you know, you've got to be really careful. I tell anyone that's coming back to me, I say work at 50% when once you've come back. In terms of the question about jumping, where to jump into the plan, never chase miles, never try and catch up. It's pointless. You're never going to gain anything. Go back into the plan, but take it easy. Uh, dial it down in terms of effort uh, and maybe look at some of those distances that you could probably just scale down. A week's not going to make any difference, but if you've had COVID, the chances are it's going to take two or three weeks to actually get through your system. Admin, you've had, just had COVID. So what would you say about that? Yeah, it took me – it was hard going back, and I, I wanted to think that I could just run again. And I'll never – that first run back in Hartford with the group, and I was like, oh, my God, this – I looked at my watch, and I was going way slower, and my effort was, like, through the roof. Um, so you've got to take it easy. You've got to listen to your body. Don't try and pile on the miles. Go back into it gradually, slowly, um, and definitely slow it down and take the miles, take the pressure off. Yeah, never chase miles, people. There's, there's no upside. You're just going to wreck your body and wreck your mind. It's just, just and no this point. is a good question. It's just coming from Lawrence on YouTube. Thanks, Lawrence. Um, ben, how do you find running with glasses? Anything? What do you use to keep them in place? Yeah, I don't have any issues. Um, I recently got contact lenses so that I, I've got the option. Um but yeah, just a good pair of spec savers basics. What a legend! You can they can sponsor <laughs> the pod if they want to. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> sort of mist spray or anything. I get that. I get that question quite a lot. Um, mm. But no, I personally don't have any issues unless it's really cold outside. It's usually when you come back into the house they fog up for me. Um, mm. But yeah, no, no. Would that be a per, would that be a per, I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a spectacle wearer, so I don't mean. Would that be a personal sort of thing? Would it sort of, is it the sort of thing that affects? different people in different ways yeah i guess so so when i do treadmill runs i get really sweaty and my glasses end up like sort of falling down my nose so i just take just take them off mm. um and yeah like i said got the option now to wear contacts probably will do that a little bit more moving forward um but for the majority of the time for my sort of training my daily miles i don't really have too much too much of a problem with it and no bad experiences there you go there we go. He's not got blue tack underneath from Lawrence. He's not got like a little no. bit of blue tack stuck there. You get one of them wires, actually. That yeah, that's it. One of them things, isn't it? Yeah, or even go go one step further and get the goggles that you used to wear as a kid. On the oh, I like that. I think that's a good. You could you could cut that with your buzz yeah, cut the other yeah. day. You could hundred oh, percent get yeah, away yeah. with that. Some speed goggles. Yeah, man. science goggles. 
that's what I've got a question though, Ben. You you mentioned treadmills. Yeah. Is there any particular session you like to do on a treadmill or a reason you go to a treadmill over outside, or is it just time and place? Yeah, so I use a treadmill quite a lot in my training, actually. I think I first sort of was forced, basically, to use a treadmill a bit more because of where I live, and then there's basically lights for uh, – street lights, that is, for, like, two and a half kilometres um, at, at night, so anything in the winter, unless I want to run laps and laps and laps of the block um, – the treadmill became a bit more of an option, but I actually find it pretty good for sort of threshold training as well. Um, and one of the, um, the sort of the best examples of people who use threshold training is Jakob Ingebrigtsen. He uses a treadmill quite a lot and the Norwegian athlete. Um, and I just got into the habit of, of doing some threshold training on there. It's quite good because you sort of set the pace and then it's more a mental game, whether you're going to, you're going to stay on the treadmill for the, the set period of time that you, you set. Um, and I also find it, it's almost like running with a group because the pace has been set. You've got to keep up. Um, yeah, you've got no, you've got no choice really. Whereas if you go out for a, a tempo run on your own and you feel like, oh, I can't really be bothered. You just slow down a bit. But on the treadmill, once you press go, it's sort of, you know, suck it up. It's so I quite, quite enjoy do it. You, yeah. Do you find it helps sort of find your pace so you know what it feels like? So when, yeah, when you go out helps. on the street... Yeah, you mean running at that pace constantly. Yeah, and you can also monitor things like heart rate and get fuel on board a lot easier. So yeah, it definitely has its perks too. And yeah, good podcast. Like yeah, good lad. Look at that. Look, through any treadmill run. So he's done it. Ben, I've got two things I've got to say. Right, and then I'm gonna we're gonna let you go. Right, firstly, sure. I've got to apologise to everybody who sent questions into Instagram. We need Ben comes on and we end up talking for so long. We we need like eight hour show with him, so we <laughs> uh, we will get him back. I will get I will chase him down in the car, put him in the back, and bring him back on this show to answer your questions. Right, so that's what, one. So we, I, need, I, we need hours quick fire questions. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's we need the lightning round. We could have done that. Yeah. So we yeah. will. I will get those questions in at some point. So apologies to those people on Instagram. I think some of them actually got answered. The other thing what I wanted to know about your treadmill, and then we, we will let you go. I promise. Is, sure. Do you run, when you run on the treadmill, are you running like like in super shoes on the treadmill? Because the bounce, right? I yeah. break, what do you run with on the treadmill? Do you I, run with plates or not plates? Or Yeah, I go for it. You go Absolutely. you go Zoom X on the on the Yeah, yeah. Alpha Flies. Exactly. Mess Speed Skies, the lot. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. He loves it. He loves it. Right, let him go, Wilco. Come on, let him go. Well, thanks ever so much for joining us, Ben. Thanks for your time, mate. Um, Thanks to everybody. Thanks to you out there for joining us tonight as well. And uh, Ben's given up his time and I hope he's provided plenty of good insight for you this week. Uh, We'll be back next week on YouTube and Facebook at 7 o'clock on next Friday. And so don't forget, if you can't join us live, you can download us on your favourite podcast provider of choice with uh, being uh, Spotify or Amazon or all the others. Um, Thanks to our sponsors, Sketches. It's always told out well And remember, you can email us during the week at longrunshow at gmail.com and we'll try and get through. You might be like Chris, you might be lucky. You might actually get your email read out. So thanks ever so much. Yeah, you might get oh so, and, and Wilco, where did where can everyone find Ben? Ben, drop do we plug yes. in now quick. Ben is running on all platforms and everything. Ben is running. running. Yeah. Just Google. And don't forget also running. go to the National Running Show website. What do you put in the caption? 
Use the code 40 rounds, get your free tickets for January. So I think that's about it. Thanks ever so much for joining us again. Take care. Enjoy your running this weekend. And we'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.